Hello and welcome to the latest CSF podcast on axial spondylar arthritis. We'll be bringing you new episodes on a bi-monthly basis alongside our psoriatic arthritis podcast. And we'll also be supplying you with monthly slide decks to help keep you up to date with the latest research and publications in the field of axial spa. First of all, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Hideto Kameda, Professor of Internal Medicine at Toho University, Tokyo. Joining me today is Dr. Sofia Lamiro, consultant rheumatologist and senior researcher at Zuiderland Medical Center and Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands. And of course, if you want to find out more about us and the papers we discussed today, please head over to the CSF website, www com. Thank you very much, Hideta. Today we will be discussing actually two papers. The first paper aimed to use mediation, mediation modeling, to determine whether tofacitinib improves, improves fatigue symptoms directly or indirectly. And our second paper shows that uh, intravenous colimumab reduces fatigue symptoms in patients with ankylosing spondylitis. So I think we, we can get started with our first paper, which is uh, entitled Pain and Inflammation as Mediators of Tofacitinib Treatment Effect on uh, Fatigue in Patients with Ankylosing Spondylitis and Mediation Analysis. So as we know, as key symptoms of uh, actual spondylarthritis or ankylosing spondylitis, we have back pain, fatigue, joint stiffness, and reduced spinal mobility. And the treatment of these symptoms is actually a priority for patients with uh, uh, ankylosing spondylitis and their healthcare providers. Mechanisms underlying the interrelationships between these symptoms, inflammatory markers, and treatment may sometimes remain unclear. Studies have shown that tofacitinib improves fatigue, improves back pain, improves morning stiffness, and CRP. And actually, we know that uh, randomized control trials usually uh, include um, confounding uh, variables, but not really mediators, so not really variables that are in the causal pathway. And therefore, no study has been carried out to assess causality between these variables. So the aim of this study was to use mediation analysis to describe the interrelationships between fatigue pain, morning stiffness, CRP, in, in tofacitinib treatment in patients with uh, actual spondyloarthritis. So this study was a postdoc analysis of two uh, interventional randomized placebo-controlled parallel uh, trials, clinical trials. One was a phase two, where patients with radiographic actual SPA or ankylosing spondylitis were administered tofacitinib BID for 16 weeks. And the other trial was a phase three trial, also with patients with radiographic actual SPA, which received uh, tofacitinib 5 milligram BID or placebo for 48 weeks. And there were two mediation models that were used, one that uh, used the facet as the instrument measuring fatigue, and the other that used BASDAI question one as the instrument measuring fatigue. And so what was uh, concluded from this, uh, or what was the results showed, is that um, mediation models showed that tofacitinib indirectly reduces fatigue, and there was no statistical significance for direct effects. So the facet-based model showed that 
131% of the treatment uh, effect was indirect, while as the BASDAI question one uh, based models showed that 123% of the treatment effect was indirect, so without direct effect of tofacitinib on reduction of fatigue. So both models showed that tofacitinib had an indirect effect via a direct effect on pain or morning stiffness or both. So if we look first at the model that used FACET for the measurement of fatigue, we see that 57% of the effect of tofacitinib on fatigue was mediated uh, via morning stiffness, via morning stiffness and back pain. 49% or 50% was mediated via morning stiffness alone. 19% via back pain alone and a very small effect, 2.5% uh, non-significant effect via, via CRP and back pain and 3.1% non-significant via CRP alone. So in short, effect is mediated. Effect from tofacitinib on uh, fatigue is mediated either via, via back pain or stiffness or both. And actually but the BASDAI Q1 based model showed exactly the same effect of tofacitinib on fatigue mediated via morning stiffness and back pain or any of those alone, again, with a minor effect and non-significant via uh, CRP. Uh, and then a second model excluded the CRP variable from the model as there was initially no significant effect on, uh, on CRP, on, on mediation through CRP. And, and, and facet-based model showed that tofacitinib had a 44% effect on fatigue via morning stiffness and, and back pain. So similar results as the mediation through CRP was not relevant or not significant. In conclusion, this study showed that tofacitinib improved fatigue symptoms in patients with radiographic actual SPA indirectly via effects on morning stiffness and, and pain. And actually, the authors conclude that more research is required to investigate how the pain relief or the relief of pain and, and stiffness contribute to the observed uh, improvements uh, in fatigue. So actually, I think this is a, a very interesting study and innovative. I think there's a lot uh, going on in terms of the possible direct effects of check inhibitors. So in this case, tofacitinib uh, on, on fatigue. And actually, it, I think it's it's good to, to, to investigate that, good to test that. It's clearly an unmet need uh, in our daily clinical practice and of our patients who really are desperate for uh, an effective treatment on uh, fatigue. And I think this study is confirming what I actually keep telling my patients, not that it's perhaps good news, but the fact that is that we can mostly intervene on fatigue when the disease is active. And therefore here we have confirmation that if that we can intervene on pain and on stiffness and therefore improve fatigue, but uh, using treatment solely to treat fatigue is not does not seem to be uh, efficacious or and here we don't see a direct effect from tofacitinib on uh, fatigue years either. So I think it's useful to have this um, additional uh, information and additional analysis because, of course, tofacitinib has an effect on fatigue, uh, but in patients with active disease, and now through this analysis, we learn that that effect is mediated by an improvement in back pain and in stiffness. So I was quite happy to see this uh, results convinced. I think they are very convincing. What do you think, Ideto? Thank you for your fine presentation. Very complicated data. 
And I thought that sleep disturbance is likely to be important factor of fatigue symptoms. And the association of sleep disturbance with nocturnal pain and morning stiffness may be considered. And also a small difference between the results from facet F-based model and those from Bastai question one based model was observed. And facet F-based model seems to be better than Bastai question one based model. Do you think so? Um, I think those are two rele very relevant uh, comments. So one is on the sleep problems uh, in addition to fatigue. I agree those are recognizable problems and priorities of our patients for improvement. I don't know whether the results would be different in if sleep problems were considered in the model. They were not considered. I don't know whether they have been collected. I wouldn't be surprised if the results were similar, though, in the sense that um, we can also impact or have an impact on sleep problems by intervening on, on the activity of the disease, but probably not directly on the sleep problems with our drugs. But of course, this is pure speculation because we haven't uh, seen the data. And you had a second question on the performance of the models. Yes, I think the facet is a more uh, solid instrument when it can considers the measurement of uh, fatigue. Uh, Basdai question one is simply only one question, therefore much more feasible. And therefore it's included, for example, in the core set of uh, instruments to be collected in all trials with the actual SPA. So I think it's actually good that authors used both measures. In general, I think the results are consistent for both of them. Um, probably the, 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 the facet model performs a little bit better as, as it measures more thoroughly fatigue, let's let's say like that. But in terms of overall conclusion, I think it's the same that the impact of the effect of JAK inhibitor of tofacitinib in this case on fatigue is mediated through the effect on pain and on stiffness. Okay, thank you, Sophia. So over to our second paper titled Effect of Intravenous Golemma on Fatigue and the Relationship with clinical response in adults with active ankylosing spondylitis or radiographic actual spa in the phase three go alive study. A study background. The go alive study showed that IV glimmer reduces the signs and symptoms of active actual spa in adults of 18 years old of age or greater. And fatigue, a common actual symptom was not specifically assessed during the trial. The aim of the study was to observe the effect of IV glimmer on fatigue in actual spa patients and to determine the association of fatigue improvement with clinical response post-hoc in adults with active actual spa in the GoLife trial. Now, I briefly introduce the methods. The study was a post-hoc analysis of GoAlive, a phase three double-blind randomized placebo control study. 208 patients were randomized one-to-one -to, -one to one of the following. Golimab two milligram per kilogram for 103 patients or placebo then Golimab two milligram per kilogram since week 16 for 105 patients. Patients were monitored for 52 weeks. Treatment group IV glimmer was administered at week 0, 4, 12, 
Then every eight weeks up to week 52, in the placebo group, placebo at weeks 0, 4, and 12. And then IV glimmer at weeks 16, 20, then every eight weeks up to week 52. The primary endpoint was the ASA 20 response. Secondary endpoints included other ASA responses, Astar's response, and BASFI response. And as a result, baseline patient demographics and disease characteristics were comparable between treatment groups. The proportion of patients achieving the ASAS-20 response at week 16 was significantly higher for actual SPA patients. 86.1% for those with spastic fatigue improvement score by 0.73 or greater versus only 34.6% for those with a lower score and 86.4% for those with FCF36 vitality improvement by 3.98 or greater versus only 40% for those with a lower score. Similar differences were also seen for ASAS-40 ASAS 5 of 6, ASAS partial remission, ASAS clinical, clinically important improvement, ASAS major improvement, and ASAS inactive disease scores. All ASAS, ASAS and ASAS responses were sustained at week 52. Patients in the placebo group had significantly lower rate of achieving baseline fatigue improvement score 0.73 or greater, and SF36 battery improvement of 3.98 or greater up to week 16. After starting Golimab treatment, there was no significant difference between the initial placebo followed by Golimab group and the Golimab throughout group up to 50, week 52. In conclusion, Alfiglimab improved fatigue symptoms in actual spa patients at week period at week 52. Bastic fatigue and SF36 vitally scores for patients treated with IV glimab significantly improved at week 2 and week 8, respectively. Placebo group fatigue scores were statistically similar to the treatment group after crossover to IV glimmer at week 16, which was sustained up to week 52. That's Sophia, how about your comments on that topic? Thank you, Ideto, for the very nice presentation. And I think it's uh, very good that we are today, this podcast with exactly these two uh, papers that I think are somewhat uh, interconnected, especially they are both dealing with fatigue, which, as we mentioned before, is a prominent symptom and, and struggle of our patients. I think it's good, important to know that um, uh, as fatigue has not been measured in the trial of Golimumab, that now a uh, proxy for it has been tested and we have seen that Golimumab has 
an impact on uh, uh, fatigue uh, as well. So I think it's important to have that uh, information. I think it's now uh, it, an invitation to make a link with the first um, paper we were discussing. And now the question is, although it was not analyzed in this paper, I know, but the question is, do we think, or can we speculate about whether there will be a direct effect of golimumab on fatigue or whether we expect this effect to also be indirect through the suppression of uh, or control of, of pain and the control of stiffness. Do you have any thoughts on that in the IDETO? Yeah, it's very, very difficult because uh, direct or indirect depends on the data obtained from the clinical trials. So the clear-cut difference between direct effect or indirect effect is very difficult, I think. But uh, we are very happy with these results and fatigue is very important for patient. So it, the measurement of fatigue is very difficult for us because it's only subjective. But some clue to measure fatigue through other symptoms or other measurement is very important. And currently in rheumatoid arthritis or systemic loop erythematosus, also, fatigue is very important measurement. So, yep. it's also true for actual spa. Okay, sure, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's important to uh, consider fatigue in, in our patients. And in that sense, the question one of Bazdaiken is something very easy to apply in daily clinical practice. And yeah. I think, of course, I do not have the data and I'm only speculating. But if I see that even JAK inhibitors that are known for eventually having a direct effect on fatigue. And then when mediation analysis is conducted, we only see an indirect effect. I would uh, think or speculate that golimumab also has an indirect effect on fatigue through the control of inflammation, either control of pain or control of uh, stiffness. But of course, it would be interesting to see those uh, data as well. Yes, and also so comparison between TNF inhibitors and JAK inhibitors for fatigue improvement may be exactly. very important. Yeah. Thank you, Sophia. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for this actual spot podcast brought to you by the CSF. We really hope you find it useful. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to our channels on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you want to read more about what we've discussed today, head over to cytokinesignaling.com where you'll find detailed summary slides of each of the papers. See you next time.